How do you pick a real estate agent? Yes, so that can be a couple of different things. Agents are now probably better educated as well as to what properties are going to sell for. Talking about it over coffee when we used to just catch up for coffee and not record it. You talk about it in a way that's accessible and easy to listen. If you've if you've been in your career for a short while, how do you take yourself to the next level? Yeah, um, it was really a podcast. Yeah, clearly. exactly right. Yeah, epic this week on the property part. <laughs> That's right, team. We are back at the desk with the boys on the mic, Aaron Horn, Patrick Berry, and John McGregor. Welcome back to the Property Pod. Boys, boys, boys. How are you doing? <laughs> Much better after that little yeah. intro. <laughs> Let's just call it done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just end record. We're done. What an episode. <laughs> My favourite. It's uh, it's been a cracking week here in Tassie. The weather is beautiful. I know Pat is trying to get as much work done today so that he can get over to Bell Revival. And sure support his Hobart Hurricanes. Is that today, is it? It is. And Pat's been to every Beautiful. home game, even travelled to Launceston to see the games up there. Even when it seemed like they couldn't make the finals. He stayed to the end of each committed game. committed to it. Nice. And tell well, us. He paid for a membership and he doesn't like waste money, John. So well, every over I watch, you break the cost down over how many, how many overs, overs in total. It's like, cheap. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, look, I'm, I'm for that. Like, don't leave your team even if they're losing. Just stick, stick to the end. The one know? thing I will... Um, paying respect for is Pat's son Parker goes back to school for the first day tomorrow. Yeah. But Parker has been to every home game. He's been on the big screen at basically every home game. They love finding him in the crowd. He's almost like a stalwart. He's oh, kind of the George Bailey great. of the crowd. He also say. made yeah. Fox one night. He's <laughs> always And the decision was can Parker go tonight to the late game and he's got first day of school tomorrow. This is this is beyond. Does it? Does a young fella have to go to school? This he he is he's required at that game now. Oh, now you know? we are. That's yeah, it. He's an institution it's in a, himself. No, it's, so. this is a a moment of importance in his life. He yeah. needs to be there for his team. Yeah, yeah. And my wife doesn't think that. I, but, I, I, but I think, I I think it's extracurricular activity. Well, I would argue that it it is um, teaching him about committing to a cause and following it through and not yeah. just giving up halfway. That's and it. Not falling on your sword when it's all you need to do is add a little bit of Dominic branding and then they're going to have no issue with it and you <laughs> might get some contribution to the tickets. No, well, I just thought on the way to school tomorrow morning we'll just go via Shake a Leg and yeah. I'll just introduce <laughs> him to coffee for the first time. <laughs> Son, <laughs> I'm ready to go, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm sure he'll be fine. Like he'll be, He's a trooper. He it's only trooper. one day he'll get through it. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. So um, speaking of he's going back to school, everything's about to ramp back up into the real world of business mm-hmm. i know i've been flat chat uh editing properties pat you've had heaps of stuff going on in yeah. the last little period january mm. was actually a lot busier than i expected normally jan's a bit quiet people sort of getting out of that christmas period a lot of people that especially with families don't tend to get into that property selling market until kids are back at school that type of stuff yeah. but it's been busy yeah it's been mm. real busy yeah. You're finding the same thing your offices, John? Yeah, we've had um, we've had a lot of listings coming on this this second half of January. So by the time February hits, all of a sudden we'll have this big you know flux of properties on the market. Yep. But it's sort of a good segue then to something that happened. Uh, we're talking in the previous episodes about uh, why would you get a real estate agent to do an appraisal? But at the same token, too, when it comes to maybe actual active listings, then a lot of people are now going. Okay, let me look, get some information about considering making some decisions. Yeah. So we're doing a lot of price updates for a lot of our clients at the moment, be it homeowners or investors. I guess um, new year, new year, you're trying to find that idea of 
you know, let's reset the clock and see. Weren't you just telling a story about a guy that you know who's trying to work out his finances yeah, moving so into this year? This was a really interesting one where, um, you know, the the appraisal, the sell price is just scratching the surface. So he's one of our clients and he, what what happened was he called me up and said, mate, I'm thinking about selling the unit. Had a bit of stuff going on. And I said, look, you, 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 could, you could tell he's sounding stressed. I said, mate, I've got some time available this afternoon. Come in at 3.30. Will that work? He said, yep. And I said, look, I'll do the research in the meantime because we know the property, we're renting it on our, um, our market, yep. uh, sorry, in our investment portfolio. So I was able to get the numbers for him straight up. What's happened in his case is he is um, he's a, like he's got a small business as a sole trader and he's doing a house build uh, on the eastern shore. And at this point, he's builds nearly sort of $600,000 into this build and is also maintaining this investment property, which is cash flow positive, which we've learned before, which is the idea that um, your the rent that's coming in is going to cover all your outgoings for the house. So you technically don't have to pump in any more money yep. for that property to sustain itself. And what's happened is now in his business, because he's been having to throw a lot of money um, just directly at this new build, um, he's coming across some cash flow problems. So he's just absolutely stressed out of his mind where he's working, you know, stupid amount of hours just to sustain um, his properties at the second. And his thought was, well, if I sell my unit, maybe I can alleviate some of that stress. Yeah, so I was eavesdropping with you guys were discussing this before the show and it was something I'd never really thought about. So this is kind of where it gets a bit more complex. Yes, yeah. And yeah, could you explain to the listeners the next part of the story? Yeah, so then um, they, they go. They, I can only take him so far before he has to seek specific help in, a, in, a, in it, like for his lenders, for example. Yep. So what we what I did is we, um, you know, I've got a little spreadsheet to help clients through um, some of these situations where I punched in all the numbers and we worked out that relative to his, the amount that he had on the mortgage versus the potential sale price, after all costs are taken out and then we he had to then account for some small capital gains and then on top of that, he'd have ta- tax implications on it. If he was to, you know, just to sell that property, though he might have $150,000 in, tr- uh, in like that's the difference. Yep. Um, if he was to sell it, you know, he might come out with a hundred grand. But then we looked at, okay, he actually has. Um, if the if he was to get it um, to draw the, against the equity, which means in that case, um, though the property might be worth three hundred thousand in the bank size, and he owes one fifty nine to ensure that he keeps that 80% uh, or the 20% deposit in there yep, so he yep. doesn't have to pay mortgage lenders insurance, he could draw about $80,000 out of the property. So without then we selling. Had, without selling it. Yep. Because then I thought, because the discussion around that was, well, the good thing about that is there's not really going to be, he won't, get any, he won't get taxed on that so he can get access to that cash. So I said, right, if this is a possibility, go speak to your lender now because by all accounts with the numbers, you should have enough money there that you can restructure your loan so that you could have available money that will get you through your cash flow problems now for so that, the for the build of the new place yeah so just so that he doesn't need to spend it but it just means that all of a sudden with an unforeseen consequence comes up like i said bloody hell mate there was another like then a five thousand dollar fridge we hadn't thought of yet yep yep so just he's got that money there so just to help him yep. five thousand dollars fridge that must be impressive he's not he's not mucking around <laughs> he's not mucking around <laughs> this is going to be a nice house um and i guess that's his point i feel it? like i could do a walk-in cooler room so, <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it's that it's going to be a nice place so i mean that, that's the point he's in it at this but there's more money to come, you see. So that's his, what he's stressing about. So then, um, uh, so once we, that was as far as I could take him. I could give him in three different scenarios of where you could possibly, but my, my suggestion was that we don't have enough information now more than that. So then he went to speak to his um, to his broker. What we found out though is that the the problem, and he really didn't actually have a choice because what it, that, that equity that we calculated might be there was already used as security 
in his build. Oh. So theoretically that $80,000 that we worked out was there was already, already, been, already been used. used. It's kind so of there was no money left to be able to draw from his investment. So the idea of drawing equity was an impossibility. The idea that he would sell realistically would be a waste because he would lose that. Once, that house is, once the house is finally finished, um, everything will be freed up and he'll be fine. It's just in the moment because the house isn't built, so the bank isn't going to – it'll probably be a million plus once it's time it's finished. Yep. There'll be more than enough equity that he won't have to be stressing about this. But um, And then to, to, to sell the property, he's going to lose just a lot of – you know, top-down value uh, because of tax, capital gains and a bunch of other things. So um, then we had to go, right, you can't do – you're basically stuck, so what are you going to do? Yeah, it's like a real rock and a hard place kind of. So then the discussion was around, okay, let's just um, work through this uh, mentally. How many days are you going to have to realistically flog yourself out for? Um, and we, he looked at it and thinking, look, if, if we put on a time frame on it, it's going to be maybe 90 to 180 days where he's over that hump. Yep. So then he could just put in that mental. He had that. At least he had. Yeah, you could the see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, of if I can just bust it for this much longer, I'm, I'm, it's a I'm feasible. Done. And I've got my big house. I've got my investment property. You know, clear. Yeah. Um. So and then so basically now it's like that's his goal. So he's not. He, he can't. We. He couldn't. Doesn't want to do anything. You know. I don't. Certainly don't want to sell it for him because I don't want to see him lose that potential. Yeah. Even though we. Could that would help him with his cash flow problem, but once that cash is gone from that property, the cash is gone. Um, so now it's basically he's just got to bust his butt for another six months, but then he gets to keep everything. Um, so now it's that, um, and that all just started from, mate. I think I need to sell my unit. Yeah, which is so amazing. Like I guess that's. I was even just having a conversation at the coffee shop with. We've brought him up a few times here, but John and he's trying to work out the finance on his place and in all the things he's like there's just so many things I don't know yep. that I need to know. And I said, oh, that's why we try and do the podcast. Like we're trying to. Just get those things out there into the public to be be like this is an easy way to understand this complex stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But I also think that people in the in the marketplace and out there need to realise as well that you can come ask us questions. We're not here just to try take money from That's you to sell a house. Like, exactly right. Like sure, if that it, where it ends up, fantastic. We can work together, but we're happy to talk and just fix problems and help you understand your position without strings attached. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think people just have that bad thought about a real estate agent and like a used car salesman like we're only out to get money out of you but we're here to help yes yeah and that's, that's right. what people need to remember is that just come and ask and have a conversation with us like i had a a contract that was about to fall over a couple of days ago because he believed he wasn't in a position to move forward due to an issue with finance but mm-hmm. i was like let's talk about it we worked through it and there looks like there is a solution for it, but he was adamant. I'm done. I'm that's so it. sorry to that's waste your time. I can't fix this. And I'm like, well, hang on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's sit down. Let's chat about it. And uh, you know, after a couple of emails and a, a phone conversation, we realised that we could probably fix it. Yeah, exactly. So you need to realise that. And John, like you said, good example. Just mm. come have a chat, and we yeah. can definitely point you in the right direction if we can't help you. Mm. I think it's one of those things of the problem solving side of things is you know nothing in this world comes for free, and people think oh you know what are they going to try and squeeze out of me if I go and ask them a question? But yeah. you don't really have billable hours of oh if I speak to him for seven minutes it's going to cost me this much money. No, it, you can buy did. me a coffee, but yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that was that was my point where um, I think we might have before we wrapped up with the other episodes was um, look for us building these relationships to so the capacity to pretend, you know, to help you down the road when you do need our services, like our paid services. Karma. Karma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but until then it's like, well, uh, we're here to help you on your journey yep. until such time as you need us to actually physically do specific work. And, like I say, is that we get paid by 
results. So either you sell um, and then we get, you know, success fee on that um, or in, you know, rental, for example, is that every time you collect, um, collect rent, well, then we get paid on the collection of rent. But until you get money, we don't. I also like to think as well, John, like that example you just gave about that whole scenario with the two houses and that, mm. is that that guy's got something good out of that and he's down at the local coffee shop talking to a mate and the mate's talking about, it. oh, you should talk to John. That's he's it. helped me out heaps. Like yeah, you've just given him a bit of your time and then potentially there's an avenue for somebody else to be introduced. So mm. that's what we get out of it. It's not always about making money. It's about making connections and, and people that can help us. Well, that's, and that's a good point because I, I, find, I draw tremendous value and fulfilment from my work in those situations. Because just like for, for, for a client, he needed he just needed to be able to get out of the, the muck to yeah. be able to see the bigger picture. I'm and picturing I'll, like, do you remember the never-ending story yeah. where Atreyu is going through the mud with yep. the horse and yes. the horse just gets sucked in and it's the sadness of he's just defeated. Yes. Just gets sucked down. That's what it feels like. He was getting sucked down into the sadness. Yeah. And then, John, you've been that turtle that's just been like, Achoo, and sneezed on him and said, and, I'll save the day. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, then because once he, once he had perspective – because then he was able to realign himself with the purpose as to why he's working so hard. Yes. Um, but until then, all he could see was just like, I'm, I'm stressed. It's like, okay, no. And then we had a further discussion about he was chatting with other, you know, guys who had been successful and they said every – for all those that he met that had – like they've all been there. There's been times in my business where, you know, you just have to grind it out and you feel like you've, you've, there's, no, there's no options available to you and, you know, you feel like it, it's all gonna, you're going to crush under the weight of your pressure. Yep. But then just speaking with someone that helps you, you know, take you out of the mud, just getting that turtle um, that sneezes and allows you to give perspective on the purpose as to why he's working so hard um, was enabled him to leave and go, you know what, okay, we got this, you know. So, um, but – if something happens, he can call me up and say, Johnny, look, the worst case scenario has happened. I need it gone. Yeah. You know? So that's certainly an, avail- an option available too. But it was always his goal that he'd maintain both properties. So I don't want to be pushing him down an agenda that's like sell, 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 sell. Now it's more, look, what do you want and how do we make this work and who do you need to speak to to make that happen? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I like yeah. that. Um, but there, was, there was another one too we had um, uh, where uh, an, an, older, an older gentleman called up didn't want to give me any information. He's like, just come see my property. Um, I was like, oh, what's the – just come see it. Just come see it. Like, just come see the – fine. <laughs> and, um, what time? And he said, four o'clock. I said, I'll be there. Um, so in your head you're thinking, oh, God, here we go. Because um, um, if they're not going to give you information. We sat down um, and we started having a, a discussion and within about three minutes of being at the property, the guy started to cry because what had happened was his wife had been um, – she had a fall yeah. and they're, they're well into their elderly years now um, and they saw that he wasn't capable of looking after anymore and they've been together for like 40 years living living together. Yeah. And now she's in a uh, like a assisted care living, which, she's, which he described which she was very happy with, um, but he's stuck. He's lonely. He doesn't know what to do. He can't – you know, he, he doesn't want to move in there. Yeah. Um, and, like, the family aren't communicating with him. So then he's just – the only sort of avenue he thought was, look, I don't know, what do I do? What's my house worth? Um, but, in, but then that was just for him. All that number was giving him was a – Peace a, of mind of knowing a, what he's sitting on. Yeah, conversation. Yeah. But what it was, what triggered for him was a completely different scenario where, um, look, it doesn't make sense for him to sell. You know, because in the end he'd like to give it to his son um, and then hopefully find a way of reconnecting with his wife and spending more time with her. Um, but it's that thing I was reminded of where um, you really don't – this is my secretary said it the other week – is that you, you really don't know what another person's going through. 
yeah, until yeah. you spend time to chat with them. You know? Oh, no, a thousand percent. And you can, we can all wear the masks of yeah. kind of covering up what's really going on in our lives, but it's kind of you can break it down. The crazy thing about your profession is I imagine you can come into work in the morning time. You never know you're going to get that call for no. the four o'clock meeting he's, and he's, you're going to meet a guy and have a discussion like that. Like every day must be just that little bit different. Oh, well, that, that's, that's, the, um, that's the ups and downs of it. Like one, one, one minute someone's shouting at you because they're the worst person on the planet and the next minute you're, you know, your guy's crying and crying in front of you talking about his wife. Like is, you can't plan for that. Yeah, no, no way. But, that's what, but for me, I think that's, it's in those stories for me I find really fascinating about this job. No, no, it's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. Let's um, shoot off to the little ad break. We'll get a breather and we'll be right back. Cool. As a family-run business, First National Real Estate McGregor understands that the property market can be stressful. However, with a strong team in both sales and rentals, we are here to guide you through the property maze. Find out more today at McGregorFN.com. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006. With their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property, they have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au. So um, I was just thinking over the week, you guys mentioned, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, we were talking about getting an appraisal on your property and we were talking about there was a uh, five P's for getting your house sold. It was kind of the position and the presentation and, and all the things. I won't get you guys to go over them. That's nah, right. I remember it now. So You've got them? Yeah. So it's what will affect is the position, obviously the position of the property. So then the process that you use, so be it auction, private treaty, the presentation of the home, so how that's presented how to presented, the market, yep. the promotion of it, so how you market it, um, so be it on the internet, the real estate guide, etc., and lastly, the person you engage with. So either a real estate agent or doing it yourself. Yes. Yeah. So that's what we covered last week when we were talking about getting an appraisal. Just I was thinking about the position thing. I was kind of thinking about, you know, where it is and, and what it is is so important. And I mentioned it right at the end of the episode that it's something I wouldn't mind delving into deeper. And oh, yeah. So as I went deep in searching online, I found a few articles, one from realestate.com.au and another one from propertyobserver.com.au, just kind of talking about, like, is a neighbourhood – more important than the property itself. Oh, that's a cool question. Yeah. So just kind of wondering, is it is it important to know where you're buying and what area, what's important about it? There's a really cool bit in one of them where it was talking about if you have a public playground in the area, it actually raises the value of your property by about 20 grand. Oh, really? So yep. I just wanted to run it past you guys if what your thoughts are on kind of neighbourhood over property. Well, you boy, uh, Pat, you're a father and you're a soon-to-be father, Aaron. Would you guys pay more for a, for a uh, playground nearby? Well, I think I'd like the idea of living near a playground if I could know that it's close enough that like in a year or two when Parker's old enough that he could just go by himself and mm. say just... Get out of the freaking yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, see ya. Yeah, but I think um, with my family... He'd only go there if I went with him, so I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's one of those things that like you guys go to the bike park a fair bit. Like you'll drive from your place up to the top of Telosa Street to go to the skate park and yeah. he can ride his bike. If that was across the road across the road from you. Oh, it would go all the time. And so, so yep. I guess it's kind of you sold that house for those guys who had the kid who was a really good BMX rider or something like that. I'm sure if they had the opportunity to be like, he's training to be an Olympic level BMX rider. 
being the, near being where near the facility that would help. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I guess it would make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like thinking about when I was um, buying my property and looking in the area that I was, there was a few key things that I was focusing on, and one of the selling points that I passed along to my partner was it's really close to a school. Oh yeah, there's children's crossings on our street, so cars aren't going to be traveling really fast along it. So mm. the day we do have kids it'll be um, a safer place to be. So that was one thing that I had considered as a, I'll tell my partner this so that that's like, hey, you know, this is a pretty good street to live on Mm. in comparison to being like, oh, we live next to the motorbike gang. Yeah, that makes sense. The highway. (laughs) Or the highway. I just love the idea that, you know, they've got their whole thing's called motorbike gang. (laughs) (laughs) They've got their place of, you know, where they hang out's called motorbike gang. In my head. We do nasty things. (laughs) In my head. (laughs) Naughty things. In my head I went straight to (laughs) like a meth lab. Yeah. But last (laughs) week. my story. Sorry for that. Yeah, last week we finished on the meth lab story. (laughs) So I didn't want to go meth lab Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You didn't want to get that tangent going again. Yeah. Well, well, it is an interesting question though. I mean, how much is a specific thing worth? And it's probably, you know, to a specific person worth more than others. You know, especially in Tassie, how much is a view worth? Because we're such a hilly state where the Hobart is, right between the Derwent River, you know, everything runs flat next to the river, then everything goes up the hill. So more often than not, you've got the, you know, capacity for a view. It's funny you say that because most of the time when I'm selling homes to mainland buyers or investors that, that travel over, we're walking through the house, oh my God, it's got a view of Mount Wellington. I'm like... Yeah. Oh shit! It does. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I didn't even realize because I'm so used to so seeing used these to outlooks that yeah. for a local person we now just take it for granted. But that's right. So yeah, maybe like obviously a view doesn't have a huge impact for a local buyer, but services mm. and access to facilities, I guess, yeah, can well, make a difference in so, a home. Well, so what's, like, what's that quote you had? Yeah. So mm. going back to one of the articles. So this one is: Are neighborhoods more important than the property on realestate.com.au? They've got a quote from Amanda Jones from mm. Hodges. Sandringham in Melbourne and she says uh, we're definitely seeing that buyers are willing to sacrifice certain features of a property Mm -hmm. like the size for example if the neighborhood is in the prime attraction and then this is kind of backing up what we were saying Pat some buyers choose areas based on schools and parks while others want a neighborhood with shops transport etc it all comes down to their own individual needs. Yeah, and realestate.com and Domain have obviously identified schools as an important thing because they put the school catchment zones now on mm. every listing that we put up so it tells you what school you fall into. Well, I guess it's one of those things where you're investing in a property and inland in an area but you also want to invest in your child's future or yeah. your family's future. So kind of knowing that it's in a place where there's good schooling or there's all this NAPLAN testing and stuff where the schools get a certain rating and things like that. Yep. So, you know, you want to be kind of like, oh, we're living in a place where our kid's going to get the best possible future mm. based on where we're living rather than kind of having to do that, that travel from place to place. Well, reverting back to the question, says is the property or the neighbourhood, you know, what is more important? But then if someone's asking, well, what's more, what's more valuable um, if you want to talk, you know, dollars and cents as opposed to, you know, a person's needs – Generally speaking, it's the land, not the property, so the house, that's going to appreciate in value because, you know, in that sense over time, um, you know, as the area becomes more popular, there's less land to be able to buy into. So, it's the, you know, there's less accessible land. Yep. So it's the, the land that's that's gained the value and then the, the house itself is just could be depreciating. And the sort of the thought that had come actually in those quotes you said before, it's the gentrification of a suburb. There's sort of the global word for it. But the, the thought that I had was you've got – 
in the in the instance where you, if you buy a car, generally speaking, that's one hundred percent going to be a depreciating asset. Yeah. However, if you're on a, a Porsche, especially in Australia, one of the reasons why Australian Porsches are so popular, for example, is that we don't have salt in our roads because we don't suffer from ice. Um, the, bo- the the actual bottom of the, the Porsches will, and a lot of most cars will actually have in much better condition in Australia than they will be in the long term in Europe uh, oh, wow. because you don't get the um, that, that salt on the road that you have to be really on top of. Otherwise, it will It'll obviously rust away. Rust the, away. Yeah. But um, so in that case, an old one that might the, the Porsche itself might be appreciating, and you might have a house that could be like have some historical reference, so that you know you cannot you cannot reproduce that house itself. So the house might appreciate based on its historic value and its uniqueness in conjunction with the land. Yeah. But if you've just got a standard three bedroom house that can easily be replaced, you know that house's value will depreciate in its value while the land goes up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's actually funny. One of our listeners out there um, bought in uh, Lena Valley recently, and silly enough, she asked me. She's like, "Oh, do you think this is a good buy?" I'm like. I don't know anything. Like, I know you, you've heard me talk real estate Come on. Come on, you're an expert these days. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I know you've heard me talk real estate on the property pod, but I'm yeah. the guy that doesn't know much. <laughs> and I said, look, Lena Valley, it's on at the top of Pottery Road. It's, it's, you, in, the, it's in the Hobart municipality. Yeah, the land is going to be worth whatever. And she's done an amazing job at um, – I actually went and looked at it just over the weekend and the renovation she's done, mm. this, little, this little cottage is amazing. She's done yeah. a really, really good job and it's yeah. only going to get better. But yes, the land I said alone, mm. you're never going to be able to lose money on that land. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny that you have brought that up because it, it literally just popped in my head. I was like, oh, it's just at Megan's place on the weekend. Well, and that's where you go back to, remember when we had that, um, one of our early interviews with Simon Presnell from, um, what's his company? Propertyology. Propertyology. Um, where he had a great Star Wars article this week. Really? Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to talk that, but I haven't researched it well enough. <laughs> okay. So maybe next Flag week. That. Flag like it that. for right. a Star Wars related episode. Fantastic. Well, I didn't even read it. I just saw it inflicted well, to Aaron. I was like, Aaron will read this. Well, I, I, I still haven't watched the latest one, so I'll catch up on it and then we're in. Um, well, and he was talking about those fundamentals if you are buying in an area to, to hopefully make sure that you don't lose money in your property over time. So in that sense, we've discussed those where people are looking for schools and parks and essential services, etc. But then there are some odd suburbs even in Tassie, I think, that have surprised me in um, they just they go up because of prestige and not really a whole lot more. Yeah. So to give an example of boom and bust town, like a mining town, for example, you've got one – it services a job for one specific purpose for a – you know, for a short time and then once that dries up, we, we had a client that came to us and we, they were just telling us this story where they'd bought this house, I can't remember, in North you know, North Queensland yep. for like $700,000 and now they can't sell it for probably two hundred. dollars Yeah, wow. There's an example of just a huge boom and bust because there was no surrounding fundamentals along with it. A suburb that's interesting to me is um, Tranmere, for example, where the land out there is exceptionally expensive um, for – what I would see is one key drawing, views. Yeah. Because there's no um, – it's like stunning unencumbered views, but outside of that, it's windy, it's got no shops, like you've got to actually drive you've a fair way to get back into Howrah, et cetera. There's no public transport. There's just, there's just nothing there. It's kind of like an old beach in the sense that it's this own little village in itself, but there's you've got to travel outside the village to get to these other places. That's, and especially by the time you get right to the, the, the latest subdivisions being developed. Yeah. But the land's exceptionally expensive because Tranmere now has a prestigious name attached to it yep. um, and a great, um, you know, a great water view. 
But more than that... It, and a windy hill. And a windy hill. But it, it's... No, I mean, obviously, Hobart's not a huge distance to travel, so it's sort of an exception for us. But um, the point being is that if you're looking at does Tramere hold the other sort of other essentials, maybe not. Yeah. It could be argued. But it's the prestige and the name that now that's allowed the land to appreciate and value so much. Yeah, thinking of Tramere is kind of... It always got me. I remember... I don't know. I think you were actually in the article... Might have been just as I got in the industry. You were in the article in like that weekend thing in the newspaper about the um, flannelette curtain. Oh yeah, I was talking about. I was asked to talk about northern suburbs in Moona. Yeah. Yep. So the yep. way the flannelette curtain had kind of moved Shifted. beyond Creek Road, and yeah. so can you describe just for anyone out there that doesn't really understand the concept of the flannelette curtain? Yeah. So where um, it's the divide between the Hobart municipality and the Glenorchy municipality. So there's that element of um, perception once before where um, I'm sure we're all familiar with the term bogans, but the second you cross the flannelette curtain, you're in bogan territory now. And that's why the houses aren't expensive and all the opportunities aren't as good, et cetera, et cetera. But through natural gentrification, that flannelette curtain is slowly shifting further northward. Yep. yep. So it's kind of growing further out. So say the curtain used to be Creek Road, which everything on the other side of that, your new towns, your Lena Valleys yeah. were inside that. But now Moona has garnering similar prices as the, those ones. Yep. And then you would imagine that it will continue to grow as the state grows. Mm-hmm. And then you can Norkies are going to kind of start getting a better value. In theory, yeah. 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 So that's where I think where, why, why Moona was an exception. Because uh, what was happening um, is people were obviously looking for Newtown specifically and North Hobart as their – that was their prestige. That's what we really, really, really wanted. But yep. then in a very short period of time we're finding out that, oh, my God, we're priced out of it. And then I could – and then they go, oh, hang on a minute. Are you telling me that I can drive – three minutes, if that, into Moona, get a bigger house with more land and pay like 20% less, I'll take that. Yep. And then all of a sudden that went just – that's where Moona's perception just skyrocketed and are largely drawn from uh, quite a lot of young people as well um, where, like, they really couldn't afford that but now Moona's like a up and coming, it's trendy, it's got new yeah. coffee shops, restaurants. So Moona yeah. and Newtown are pretty much like what this realestate.com article is describing, that people are prepared to, to accept less for the home to live in the suburb because of the – what it offers yeah absolutely absolutely um but even um so another great great old example was is blackman's bay in tassie didn't you say your old uh your pop had My a pop had a waterfront block of land there yes yeah unfortunately sold it when it wasn't a very popular location which <laughs> most people can't believe even happened what was the word you used like a like a dog stuff <laughs> i don't think we can say it on air but anyway <laughs> well but it wasn't popular let's just leave it at that it's one of the it's an old rough town many years ago but completely transformed you know you, you people don't even realize that it was a rough suburb many many years ago salamanca um, was the same yeah it's yeah. I've, I've been listening to a podcast with some guys talking about the way that new york city has changed over the years and they were talking you know how Soho used to be an arts district that you had to prove you're an actual oh. artist to live in the area and, and people were breaking all the rules to do all these things but just the way they were describing the city has evolved. Like um, what's the really – is it Times Square? Mm. Yeah. Times Square used to be the most dangerous part of all of New York City. Like it was just like this drug den and now tourist trap now and the way it's all changed. But that's all gentrification of this, this idea of Broadway and the city and yeah, yeah. it's just amazing the way things can change and I know that can lead us off onto – Many other tangents. But, ba- but then going back to the question, what is more, the property or the neighbourhood? I'd say 80% of the time it's the neighbourhood and then they fall in love with the property. Yep. Um, the only exception to that sometimes is that, um, especially 
um, in a place like Hobart where everything is quite very central, um, sometimes the draw of the property and its needs can outweigh the idea that someone wants to be, I really want to be in this suburb, and then they go, oh, but I really love this house, I'll take that house. Yep. That's sort of the exception in that sense. Yeah, cool. Mm. Sounds good. Well, boys, uh, that was pretty fun today. Um, just off the flight, we did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. That Let's was good. be more prepared next week. Let's be way more prepared next week. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone out there. Like, share, subscribe, do all those things. We don't really ask you to do that very often, but we'll ask you to do it this week. Yep. We'd like to grow the podcast over 2020. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you. See ya. <laughs> You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek and use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this 